0: the truth news network one man can change the world it's done every day kepler copernicus ptolemy lister they all change the world interesting that these are scientists And the hallmark of science is skepticism and a relentless pursuit of truth. Starting to see a picture? Good. And here to clarify that picture for you, from TNN, the Truth News Network, Dan Newman.
1: Well, good morning, everybody. Day after Christmas. I hope you had an amazing day with your family. Boy, I got to tell you, I get spoiled. We have an unbelievable family, our kids, uh, our kids, our daughter-in-laws, parents, um, just a really good time. We were all together, and the usual things happened, but um, we had a special thing happen for us, and I'll get into that later in the show. But I want to say this, we all need to understand, we need to be thankful and I think that's what Christmas is really all about. After all, it is the the um, the excitement and the celebration of the birth of Jesus. Although we don't know, people don't know where December falls into that. We don't know if he was born in December, if he was born in July. But it really doesn't matter. What matters is the birth of the Son of God coming to earth in the form of men—that's all that matters. But at least it's been recognized for centuries. December 26th uh, is our recondition Day of that. And I got—I gotta tell you, I am so thankful for Christianity. I'm thankful that I found it at a very young age. And here we are in a world where it's almost impossible to celebrate. And even talk about the name Jesus without being excoriated. And we've got distractions on the left, distractions on the right, people talking down about Christians, and every other religious sect is glorified and just allowed to roll. Don't you dare say anything that could be construed to be any Muslim or anti-Catholic or anti any religion other than just plain Christianity. By the way, Catholics are Christians. Most people don't even know about that. If you're a member of a denomination, oh my gosh, you're a scourge on humanity. What's it all about? What are we living through every day? Distractions. Distractions. Andre Crouch put it really well when he wrote this song, Distractions. Don't you say anything ugly about that song, that crazy Jesus rock music. <laughs> Andre Crouch from the 70s, he was one of our close, close friends. In fact, he wrote a song called The Broken Vessel, V-E-S-S-E-L. And the Christian group that I traveled with my senior year in high school through college, we named ourselves after that song, The Vessels. He was a great songwriter, multiple Grammy Award winners. Everybody recognized him. He, he performed for presidents, everybody, just because he was a good, good California songwriter that served God. After all, we're in the season of celebrating Jesus Christ, so we're just going to do it every morning for a while. Don't do it. Don't you do it. <laughs> Distractions. Andre Crouch. Again, back to the beginning of the show. So glad that you had a great holiday, a great Christmas with your family and your friends. And for those of you that didn't get to be with the kids, hopefully this is your week where you can be with your kids. A lot of people work through Christmas. I got to be honest with you. Two Christmases in my life when I was in college, I was in radio in the town my college was in. And they didn't let you off. You know, when school went out for college, Uh, Everybody left, but you had to stay in town and work. Fortunately, they left one boy's dormitory open, one girl's dormitory open at Louisiana Tech. That way, there were a lot of people, even exchange students, that couldn't go home. And I had a place to stay. I was doing the 8 to midnight radio shift at KRUS AM and FM in Ruston, Louisiana. So what did that mean? Nobody was there. So what did I do during the day? I mean, I went I went home after midnight, I'd grab something to eat at the local pit grill, you remember those? And about one o'clock, I'd be um, crawling up into bed, sleeping good, that was number one priority, but even when you go to bed late like that, you couldn't go out, there was nobody in town to go out with. So you went home, went to bed in the dormitory, and uh, got up about eight or nine o'clock and I struggled to find anything to do the whole day long. But that wasn't the bad part. The bad part was being by myself. And one of those, I actually spent Christmas Day all day long in Reston, Louisiana. And then I went on the air that night from 8 to midnight. Talk about a lonely time, especially for a kid. I think I was a sophomore in college when that happened. But you know what? I'm thankful now for all of those experiences that I went through because they made me a better man. And you know, this holiday season, there's been a lot of stuff going on, not good stuff. We can talk about the winter storm because it's impacted everybody. The brutal winter storm cloaked much of the U.S. with a coating of snow and ice, and it's going to continue into the early part of this week. Travelers? I mean, you broke your back to get to grandmother's house or your parents' house. And it's going to be the same thing getting back unless you wait late in the week. The death toll is rising with winter-related deaths at 34 is the number when I got up this morning. 34 people around the U.S. have lost their lives because of weather. Associated Press reports the massive storm before it's done, is expected to claim even more lives. After trapping some residents inside houses, knocking out power to tens of thousands of homes and businesses, the extreme weather stretched from the Great Lakes near Canada to the Rio Grande along the border with Mexico. About 60% of the U.S. population faced some sort of winter weather, and temperatures plummeted drastically below normal from east of the Rockies to the Appalachians. That's a huge part of our nation. National Weather Service said Sunday, the frigid Arctic air enveloping much of the eastern half of the U.S. will be slow to moderate. This is not the news travelers were looking for. They called this thing a bomb cyclone storm, one of the fiercest in decades, forced the cancellation of more than 1,500 U.S. flights on Sunday alone, people trying to get back, home. In addition to some 3,500 scrapped on Saturday, nearly 6,000 on Friday. More than 1,000 U.S. flights had already been nixed just hours into Monday. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg, Mayor Pete, he tweeted Saturday, the most extreme disruptions are behind us as airline and airport operations gradually, gradually recover. But thousands remain stranded this morning or delayed at airports. That includes Atlanta, Chicago, Denver, Detroit, Minneapolis, and New York, as coal combined with snow and ice. Saturday, record cold daily high temperatures in many cities across the country. In Philly, the high only got up to 18 degrees, three degrees lower than the previous record of 21 degrees felt in 06 and 89 other daily records broken along the East Coast Saturday, Wilmington, Delaware, a high of 18, Trent, New Jersey, a high of 14, Allentown, PA, high of 13. CNN reported some major cities on the eastern seaboard have logged their coldest Christmas in decades, and that cities in Florida that include Miami, Tampa, and Orlando recorded the coldest Christmas day since 1983. Knoxville, Tennessee, high of 22. In Greensboro, North Carolina, high of 26. As this bomb cyclone spread its frigid tentacles across the nation, with attendant blizzards and heaping snow, and attendance in worse affected areas. Got a phone call from a buddy of mine, follower of this show, Pete lives in Santa Barbara, California, on the beach on Christmas Day in shorts and sandals and a T-shirt. There's just something wrong with that, don't you believe? <laughs> I told you on Friday, if you are on the show, I told you on Friday that uh, it's a good thing when you can be on the beach when it's cold, 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 because it just seems better. It seems like, uh, uh, it seems just like you're more relaxed. Cold weather just makes me tense up. But anyway, we were together with our entire family. I gotta tell you, our kids gave us the greatest Christmas present that I've ever received. And I mean that, the greatest one ever. I'm not gonna tell you about it now, but we'll do it during the day, during the show today. And you're going to get a kick out of it. Boy, we sure did.
2: Morning, Face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Good
0: morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is uh, that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks! Right! No,
3: it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks
0: hungry! Save the children! Save them! Stay back! I've got mace! Ow! That went in my eyes! we moving!
4: It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some.
5: Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA, love your home.
4: Disruptive may be just another overused buzzword disruptions in business like network downtime, data loss, social media abuse, and limited bandwidth are downright disruptive. For businesses large or small, Barracuda Networks offers powerful, affordable, yet easy to implement content security, application delivery, and data protection solutions, all designed to prevent disruptions and simplify IT. For an online demo or to try any of our security or storage solutions risk-free for 30 days, visit barracuda.com disruptive. A divorce lawyer should be more than just a lawyer. Divorce is like no other experience, especially for guys. At Cordell & Cordell,
2: our clients want a partner standing next to them. Someone they can trust.
4: Someone who understands
2: where they are
4: and how to get them out.
2: We are the attorneys of Cordell & Cordell.
4: We are advisors and advocates for men before, during, and after divorce. We are Cordell & Cordell. A partner men can count on. To schedule your appointment, give us a call or visit us online at cordellcordell.com.
0: As politics grow ever more chaotic, remember this truth. When you're taking heavy flack, it usually usually means you're you're over the target. target. Open the Bombay doors. Truthnewsnet.org. Your pilot on this mission, Dan Newman. You know,
1: Christmas time, it really brings the focus of the negativity in the world against Christians. they are just a lot of people. In fact, our own president, when he gave his... Uh, holiday speech. He didn't call it a Christmas speech because he didn't want to offend anybody that's not a Christian. He talked about a baby being born that Christians say is the Son of God. He did not mention the name Jesus. He did not mention Jesus being the Son of God either. So, what does that tell you? We live in a politically correct world where politically correct and being politically correct is far more important than just just saying the obvious, the truth. Jesus is the Son of God. If you don't believe that, I'm sorry for you. I know that he is. Well, how do you know that Jesus is the Son of God? Let me ask you this. When you walked... Into your kitchen this morning. When you headed in there to get some coffee, if you're living in a place where you have water, ours is drip, 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 and I'm not griping about it because there are other people that don't have it. There are a lot of people that don't have heat today that are in frigid temperatures, so I can't gripe about that. But when you walked into your kitchen this morning, when you flipped on, the light switch. You didn't have to sit there and agonize for 20 minutes and say, Oh, Lord of the universe, I ask you to make that electricity come on successfully when I flip the switch. You didn't have to do that. You just flipped the switch on and the lights came on. Now, what's the comparison about that and my knowing that Jesus really lives? Well... The reason you didn't worry about your electricity coming on is because you have faith that it was going to come on. And so you just automatically expected it to be there. When you walked in the kitchen, you didn't have to worry about the ceiling falling on you in your kitchen. Why is that? Because there's friction in science, in nature, and and friction and cohesion work together together to make the elements in the sheetrock in the ceiling stick together naturally so that when they put the nails nailing the sheetrock to the studs that the friction of the nail going through the sheetrock and into the wood would be sufficient to hold it all together. That's called faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Well, you hope (laughs) that sheetrock is not going to fall on you. The evidence of things not seen is the nail into the sheetrock that stays together itself through a physical element called cohesion. And the sheetrock stuck to the stud because of the nail going through both and friction and adhesion holding all those together. Now, that sounds a little trite, but you know what? That is the process and nature that made it okay and safe for you to get up this morning and walk into your kitchen. You just take it for granted. I don't take Jesus being born for granted, and I certainly— don't take the fact that he's the son of God for granted either. But it's the same concept. I just believe it. Just like you, you made a decision to believe it was going to be fine for you to walk into your kitchen, and so you just take it for granted? No, you have it buried in your heart, and you understand it's going to be okay. And that's where I am. So after that, let me pause for a second and tell you, I am hearing an echo of my voice on this show this morning. I have no idea where it's coming from. Uh, We have two studio mics. Mine is the only one that's owned. That's normally where you get an echo or feedback. I don't know. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm just going to enjoy there being with you in this show today. So what else is going on? You want me to tell you what our kids did for us now for Christmas or you want to wait till later in the show? Let me think about it. Let me think about it. Now let's 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 wait a little while. We can do that. We'll wait a little while. So while the country froze as I told you before Pete, my buddy that lives in Santa Barbara, he spent his weekend at the beach, low 80s on Christmas Day. That's obscene. I'm looking at pictures of people walking, just walking in the sand in shorts and swimsuits on, just having a great time. Los Angeles Times reported on Californians enjoying the Christmas and Hanukkah holidays on the beach. This is the most perfect weather, said Jayante Krishna, 47, of Boston, who spent Sunday morning strolling the Santa Monica Pier with her husband and their two teenagers. At home, it's 17 degrees, she said. There's a blizzard. We took pictures intending to share them, and we thought, is it kind of rubbing it in? I was expecting it to be cold, said Gila Almany, 37, of Sherman Oaks, who brought her children to the pier for the seventh day of Hanukkah. We saw the sunshine, the beautiful weather, and we said, why not? By noon, the pier was bustling. The sand below was mobbed with impromptu picnics, and the shoreline dotted with children splashing in their underwear. In addition to all these warm temperatures in California, the weekend brought annual king tides rising to a very high level in the morning, Fading to extreme low tide in the evening, creating a long, shimmering surface of wet sand that's perfect for kids to play on, perfect for amateur photographers to snap portraits and artsy sunsets. The best news may be that Southern California is expecting a week of rain to begin tonight, bringing much needed relief to the drought sticking region, despite forecast of a dry La Nina winter. For now, Sunny Christmas and Hanukkah weekend has left Southern California with fond holiday memories. And many folks are jealous of that. A lot of folks are jealous of that. So as we head into the last week of the year, we're going to hear all kinds of statistics and lists and the best of, the worst of, of the year. Some of those things I kind of like, but every once in a while I just get it up to my eyebrows and I just say, you know what, that's enough. Chief National Affairs Correspondent Jeff Cellini said Sunday on CNN's Insider Politics that failed Democrat Georgia gubernatorial candidate Stacey Abrams is one of the biggest political losers of the year. Now, this is CNN reporting. This isn't at Fox News or Newsmax. This is one of her folks, CNN. Zelini said, I think when you look at the beginning of the year to the end of the year, the biggest political loser, certainly one of them at least, is Stacey Abrams. You'll remember she was in Georgia coming off on her failed bid the first time around. She was being talked about as a running mate for Joe Biden. And it's not just the fact that she lost. This will always going to be a difficult race for her, but the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has done some incredible reporting over the last couple of weeks. She owes her vendors a million dollars she hasn't paid. Some of her employees and aides say the the spending went crazy and they haven't been paid. He continued, they just kind of got ahead of themselves with the celebrity And didn't stick to what brought her. You always remember winning campaigns, whether they were run by Democrats or Republicans, they are tight with the money. I didn't know that. Zelini added, they seem to spend a ton of money. It didn't help her. As she moves to her own future, of course, she'll have a second act. But she at least electorally is a political loser and let me just give you my say so in a brief brief set of words about Stacy Abrams close the door on politics stacy and find find a gig in which you fit in politics you should know by now ain't that it's not the one find something else some interesting things popped up over the weekend. A lot of us don't see that. But as you always know, if you're a regular here, we look to our far, 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 far Southwest every once in a while, just to get a different perspective on stuff happening here in the United States and what people overseas think about what's happening here. One of the places I like to check in is Sky News. And they happened to, late last night, weigh in, on their perspective about these FBI Twitter files that Elon Musk happens to be sending. We're up to release number nine that came out overnight, night before last. Here's Sky News Thoughts.
2: Now, let's go to Elon Musk's and his release of the Twitter files. It's copped a lot of backlash, particularly from the media. But look at this statement from the FBI, basically saying Musk is involved in some sort of a conspiracy to discredit them this is a statement they put out is that it's unfortunate that conspiracy theorists and others are feeding the american public misinformation with the sole purpose of attempting to discredit the agency kosher this is just ridiculous all that elon musk has released is verifiable facts communications between the fbi and and twitter management there's there's no misinformation and possible reason would Elon Musk or Michael Schellenberger, who's been involved in this project, have f- for discrediting the FBI? I mean, how does that serve them? I mean, that statement looks like a conspiracy theory to me.
6: You hit the nail on the head. What motivation would they have, would Musk or Schellenberger or others have to, to do that? And you know, people see that. It really was a remarkable statement for a, a couple of levels. One is you've got one of the most powerful domestic law enforcement agencies in the world, the FBI. Saying this about somebody who's ultimately, you know, a private citizen and and is doing nothing but just releasing information out there, and the other thing in this Twitter file story that's emerging out of that, and and it's interesting that the FBI released that statement, is the the level of coordination. Some even say collusion. Uh, It's somewhere in between, probably between the government, the FBI, and Twitter, in, in terms of not just suppressing uh, speech, but actually shaping opinion. And there were like 80 agents that they opened up in the San Francisco office, and there's all these emails coming out in the Twitter files of the level of of coordination that occurred. And that, I think, has them on their heels because it's all coming out, thanks to Musk. And, um, you know, that's why they put that statement out. Oh,
2: it is absolutely shocking, and the fact that the U.S. media is largely ignoring this, except for outlets like the New York Post, who were personally impacted by by those suppression tactics. The, the, the revelations here are astonishing, and millions of dollars went from the FBI, taxpayers' money, to to Twitter to help make this happen, to help them shape the narrative and suppress real stories. Cra- crazy stuff.
1: So, what do you think is going to happen? Do you think that the FBI, who we now have factual proof, the FBI spent our taxpayer dollars paying Twitter, paying Twitter to do work for them? Now, call me wrong, but I thought the FBI worked for us, not for private organizations, and especially not to do what they were doing at twitter for the FBI now put all that in perspective we pay tax dollars our tax dollars go into pay for the FBI and any other federal agency their budgets so a bunch of that money that we pay into washington it gets paid out to the FBI and the FBI goes and pays Twitter employees to come after us and take away our First Amendment rights through censoring our speech. Now, what a vicious circle. People that work for us that we're sending money to or paying somebody else to censor what we can say legally according to the US Constitution. And the First Amendment. That all just doesn't fit. And there is so much law breaking in that whole circle. It's incredible that these people that work for us are actually doing it. But it's even more incredible to me that it's been hidden for so long. You got to remember this, in the federal government, nobody keeps a secret. As you know from Being in four years of Trump country, four years in the Trump administration, nothing was kept secret. Every day, all the news media, sources say, anonymous sources, on the promise of not being revealed, so-and-so said this. Everything's leaked. But none of this FBI collaboration with the FBI, excuse me, the Twitter collaboration with the FBI, the CIA, the Department of Defense, the State Department. None of that ever slipped out. Many of us, uh, we were sure that that was going on, but we didn't have the confirmation. And now we just find out, yeah, Elon Musk, he spends $44 billion, he buys Twitter, it's his company. He says, I think the American people need to see what was going on in Twitter before I bought the company? And then we find out they were colluding with these other agencies. All illegal, all unconstitutional, and you and I are the brunt of all that law-breaking. By the intelligence community, everyone in it works for us. And we find out they don't work for us. They're supposed to work to us. They're supposed to be subject to us. Because we elect all the people in Washington, D.C., the ones that serve us in Congress, serve us in the White House, and then they bring people in to work supposedly with them for us. It's uncanny how much of this is happening and how much we don't know about. And we find out it's been going on for years. Does that mean we're stupid? No, that just proves how sinister the federal government is in operations and how through years they have perfected the ability to be able to do things, evil things, in secrecy and keep them from us. That should shake every one of you. And if it doesn't, uh, there's something going on that just doesn't fit. And that's kind of scary. So the FBI, during this entire thing, they assigned personnel, FBI personnel, to look, and look has quotation marks around it, for violations of Twitter's own policies. In other words, the FBI came into Twitter and they assigned FBI personnel. They were getting full access to your tweets and my tweets. And they had assigned, the FBI assigned FBI personnel to look for any violations that I made when I tweeted. And they wanted to inform Twitter if I broke any of Twitter's policies. Why the heck would Twitter need the FBI to do that. And on what authority did the FBI do it? FBI personnel, they got assignments to look for violations of Twitter policy, which one former exec at Twitter noted as odd, according to documents published by journalist Matt Taibbi Saturday as part of Musk Twitter files. Twitter executives noticed the FBI appeared to be assigning personnel to look for Twitter violations. Taibbi tweeted, noting an internal email from legal executive Stacy Cardill to Jim Baker, that infamous attorney that worked at the FBI and then left the FBI and went to Twitter. That's kind of interesting. Of course, Elon, shortly after he bought Twitter, he filed, he fired James Baker. Almost every report the agency made to Twitter was couched as possible terms of service violation. The volume of the FBI request was noted by employees at the company who discussed the odd situation. They have some folks at the Baltimore field office and at headquarters that are just doing keyword searches for violations. This is probably the 10th request I've dealt with in the last five days. That's Cardell emailing Jim Baker, according to a document released by Ta'ibi. Odd that they are searching for violations of our policies. Baker, a former FBI attorney who played a key role in the approved surveillance on Carter Page, a Trump campaign aide, remember that, based on the now discredited Steele dossier. The volume of reports from the FBI and other government agencies, including the State Department, the Department of Defense, and even local police departments, prompted some at Twitter to ask if a system could be set up to determine which requests should take priority. Is there some way we can figure out an accommodation to prioritize the reports we escalate, particularly in light of the depreciation of government elections escalations escalations that was an email from Cardell to at least 5 people on on October 28th of 2020 the FBI didn't respond to a request for comment on this latest Elon Musk's dump (laughs) it takes them a little time they got to get their heads together but you know what they've admitted so far that was the ninth. Twitter file release on Christmas Eve from Elon Musk. And all of them, all nine of them, reveal a massive collusion between not just the FBI, but as we said, FBI State Department, CIA, uh, Pentagon, Department of State, and one other one. It seems like they're all rolled into there. Everybody was involved in assisting Twitter to destroy your First Amendment rights, constitutional rights. (laughs) How many people did you hear say for years and years and years in media, and just get squashed for saying it, that Big Brother's out there and he's watching everything you're saying and doing And he is going to find ways to stop you from doing it, exercising your liberties under the first 10 amendments of the Constitution, and you just kind of snickered. That'll never happen. The government works for us. They can't do that kind of stuff to us. We're the American people. And they all work for us. And now look at it. Who did they answer to? They don't answer to us. So why the heck would we continue to say
4: they work for us? Cars today are computers on wheels. That's it. Uh, The fancy new tech makes our life easier in the car. But when something breaks, can you afford to fix the touchscreen display or the sensor, which can cost thousands of dollars? Most likely no, that's why I have Car Shield, and it takes away the worry and the panic of the expensive repair that you know is coming. Car Shield, their protection plans can save you thousands for covered repairs, including everything from an engine, transmission, GPS, electronics, and more. You can have your favorite mechanic or dealership do the work, and Car Shield takes care of the rest. They also offer complimentary roadside assistance and a rental car. It's inevitable something's gonna break. It happens to everybody, including me, so get coverage from America's number one auto protection company like i did and find out why car shield cars go farther rates are as low as 99 dollars a month so visit carshield.com use the promo code iheart to save 10 percent. that's carshield.com promo code iheart deductible may apply how to improve your dining room by the home depot new wood floors new paint on the walls sure
0: you know us for that but how about a new dining room table matching chairs bar stools How about free and flexible delivery with easy online returns?
4: Now you can explore decor in a whole new way. Save now on furniture. Everything for your home. Everything from HomeDepot.com. How doers get more
0: done. U.S. only valid through September 7th. Limitations apply.
3: Genuine Ford Parts and Service presents A Word from Your Wallet. Dow oh, are we at the gas station? Oh. Yeah,
4: I know. I'm feeling these gas prices too. I'm
3: <laughs> the wallet down here. Head to a Ford dealership. Why? Proper vehicle maintenance. A new air filter can save nineteen cents a gallon. Correct tire inflation up to six cents a gallon. Wow, that
4: sure adds up.
3: <laughs> Fat wallets
0: are very in right now.
3: Right now, motorcraft air filter replacement is just nineteen ninety-five or less. Replacing a dirty air filter can increase fuel economy by as much as ten percent.
0: Well
4: done. That was easy. Maybe you should listen to your wallet more often. Well, you're typically pretty quiet. Well, I didn't want to be a pain in the. Uh, uh,
3: uh, uh. Hurry in for the best deals we've had in years money saving rebates on brakes, batteries, tires, and more. See your participating Ford dealer today.
1: the nation. We had electric problems. We had water pipes freezing. We had all those kind of things happen. What a disaster that we had happen at our company in downtown Shreveport. Saturday night, the sprinkler system pipes froze and then they burst the next morning when the temperature got above freezing again. 13,000 square feet. When I walked in it, there was water up to my ankles. Now remember, we're a computer billing company operation. Our clients are all over the nation. Everybody's connected to our servers in our server room. Thankfully, we have five servers Thankfully, all but one, as of yesterday, were okay. The other one we may find out is okay today. But all of our furniture, our computer desk, our computers at our desk, everything was ruined. Now, we're not worried about the dollars and cents of it. We're heavily insured. All that's going to be taken care of. But we have clients that we do work for, will be doing work for today and tomorrow and the next day, and they rely on us to go to war with the insurance companies to get them paid for all of the stuff that they do. So, it took all weekend, but it looks like we're going to be okay. I just wanted to share that with you, that sometimes... Bad things happen to good people and it's not because you did anything wrong. Sometimes those kind of things happen, there's no explanation for it. I mean, this is North Louisiana. We're not used to single digit temperatures here. We're just not. Our buildings aren't constructed in large part to stand withstand that. And we're having water problems. I mean, our water here at our home in South Shreveport, it's just trickling right now. So what does that mean? Try you can't wash clothes, your dishwashers don't work, and you certainly can't take a good shower. And so all those things they kind of fall into each other. You know like the domino things where you stand them up and you just push one domino over and then it hits the next one and it just keeps going and it spreads and everything depends on something else so that it can work right. And so what what are our choices, folks? <laughs> we only have two. Just go with the flow. That's number one. Or number two is pull your hair out. <laughs> and pull your hair out is not a good one. It's not going to work. It doesn't get anything done. And so you just find ways to do the best that you can do. And everybody you work with and work for, they're going to understand. Sometimes bad things happen to good people. And it's not because good people do something wrong. It just happens. So I never understood the water problem. You know, when a, I understand when a water main breaks, you know, the flow of the water is going to go down in that area until they get it fixed. But when they get it fixed, it's still trickling out. Now look up at these, these big water towers around the interior of the city, Shreveport and Bossier city, and the outside for the outside suburban areas. And I look at the main water supply, where it all comes from, Cross Lake. It goes through the water company system that backs up to Cross Lake. And then they pump that water right up to these towers that are, you know, 25, 30 floors high. That gives it a lot of water pressure coming down into the pipes that come into our homes. Why is it trickling? And then I found out yesterday... One of the guys that was working on our situation here at our house came in. He's a friend of ours. We've known him for a long time, Gary Landers. And he sat down at our bar, and he began to explain it. Each of these big towers hold 40 million gallons of water. I mean, I don't even know how many of the towers there are around the metro area. But I thought, I mean, 40 million, even if it's just two of them, 80 million... You know, three or four of them, you're looking at 300 million gallons of water and it's trickling from our faucets. What the heck is going on with that? And he explained, it's not getting the water up to the towers and it's certainly not getting the water from the towers into the water lines. It's the treatment of the water before it gets sent up. And they can only treat 14 million gal- uh, fourteen million gallons a day. That's what the treating capacity is. And all that water by law has got to be treated before it's sent out. That's the problem. So isn't it interesting when you find out the facts of a situation and you can make decisions based on not suppositions, but on facts. Wouldn't it be nice if that's what our government did? <laughs> uh, back to business in DC. I know that you heard that uh, the House of Representatives passed the $1.7 trillion omnibus bill. Not one Republican voted for it in the House. The only Republicans that voted for him, the turncoats are over in the Senate, and that got us where we are. But Senator Rand Paul from Kentucky, he is an extremely conservative guy. He proposed an amendment, a late amendment. And it wasn't about anything specific in the bill. It was about the process. So I want you to listen to the insanity. Rand Paul, he speaks for about a minute, a minute and a half. He offered an amendment to this bill to make one thing happen. But then Bernie Sanders got up, and he objected, and it killed the the amendment. Listen to this back and forth.
4: Just moments ago, I made a budget point of order against a 4,155-page bill spending $1.7 trillion that was given to us in the middle of the night at 1.30 in the morning. The point of order was waived, as it always has been, by the Senate, it has become far too easy for Congress to escape its own rules designed to prevent reckless spending. There has been enough time for a single there hasn't been enough time for a single person to have read this entire bill. The bill in process ignores soaring inflation, rising interest rates, and our ballooning debt of 31 trillion. Enough is enough. I now ask my colleagues to support my amendment to raise the threshold to waive a budget point of order from 3 fifths two-thirds.
7: Madam President.
4: The senator from Vermont.
7: Madam President, I rise in strong opposition to Senator Paul's amendment. This amendment would require 67 senators to waive a budget point of order instead of 60. In other words, if this amendment were passed, a tiny minority of U.S. senators could prevent action on a a national health care crisis an economic crisis, or a natural disaster. That would put the people of this country, in in my view, in a very dangerous position. I urge my colleagues to vote no on the Paul Amendment.
1: And so they voted no on the Rand Paul Amendment. But that's the kind of stuff that goes on. It's politicking. It's not about the substance of anything. It doesn't really matter. Uh, Bernie Sanders just kind of nitpicked the proposed amendment that Rand Paul had And he created this wide, unbelievable assumption. What if this happened? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know what? They're the ones that make the rules. And if they don't like the rules or the rules don't work at a later point and that wild assumption that Bernie Sanders came up with, you know, the what if assumption, what if this happened? I mean, let's face it. If you wanted to live that way, we could get up and, make a rule that would protect us or it would take care of a situation that would happen if the moon fell on the on earth. That's the way Congress has gotten to function. It's not about just basic pluses and minuses or black and white. It's based on these wild assumptions that are made, the what ifs. I mean, you could destroy every piece of legislation proposed if all it took was a what if this happens, if we pass this and this happens, oh my gosh, look what it's going to do to us all. It's kind of like living in fear. Of course, there's one side of the political aisle that likes and expects us to live in fear. And that would be the Democrat Party. Have you noticed? I get asked every once in a while we never hear you say, when you're talking about the party, we never hear you say the Democratic Party. You call it the Democrat Party. Why do you do that? Legally, the name of the party is the Democratic Party. And that, for obvious reasons, was the way that they created the name to sound like. Everything they propose and everything they do politically is democratic, which would be of the democratic process, which means a majority in every case rules the moment, whatever that is. And of course, if that was the case in this party, that would be truthful, but it's not. It's not. The Democrat Party does not do only Democratic things, and the things that they do are very seldom Democratic. They are Democrat-initiated. And so that's why I have always and always will, until they change their name, which they probably will at some point in the future, because the Democratic Party there are people like me that continue to point it out. They're not democratic with what they come up with. No, 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 no. They don't want democratic choice. That would, that would destroy all of what they do to become who they become because they grab opportunities and they use little bitty glitches in bills that are proposed or they take advantage of people that are in office And they're not doing democratic things. Do you think that the majority of Americans are glad with a half a million illegal immigrants that came in last month? Do you think that's a democratic philosophy that allowed that to happen? No, it's not. It happened because of two people. The president of the United States and his authorization given through executive order to Alejandro Mayorkas the secretary of homeland security both of those men took an oath of office to protect and defend the constitution and the rule of law both of them know it's illegal for any of these even one illegal immigrant and they're not immigrants in the law federal law they're called aliens illegal aliens It's illegal for anybody to step one foot on American soil without it being federally mandated. And none of it is. Not one illegal coming across the border without an express invitation by the United States government through federal immigration law. Anybody that comes other than that is doing so illegally, and they should be prosecuted. Not only are they not prosecuted, they're patted on the back. They're given cell phones that you and I are paying for. They're being given cards, ATM cards that have money loaded on them. By us, we're paying for that. Do you know how much it is? $1,600 dollars and then they're getting free health care if they have health problems they're taken to a hospital. we're paying for that. Now what do the Biden folks say about it? Oh the the no the you know no 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 no. we have contracts with these NGOs, these non-governmental organizations and they are taking care of these illegals. they house them, they feed them, they transport them. What they don't want you to know, veiled very quietly in that process they're talking about, billions of dollars are allocated out of taxpayer funds to the federal government in this massive bill. And we're going to get into the details of what it's doing for illegal immigrants in just a few minutes. But the federal government takes billions of taxpayer dollars Writes checks to these NGOs, and guess what these NGOs are doing? Yeah, they're using some of that money to take care of illegals, but they're paying to themselves for providing the services that you and I pay for, and nobody on Washington, D.C. even gets up and calls the government out for that. I've not heard one person doing it. I'm not sure this uh this new omnibus bill i think there's either 4 billion or 7 billion new money in it for these ngos they have no intention of this stopping they have no intention of beginning any kind of process to enforce federal immigration laws and friday on our show we went into that specific law. Let me look it up real quick and go back and see if I can find it. It's egregious what this is being done. Let me see if it was in Friday. Maybe it was Thursday. But I read to you straight from the law that says exactly what can and cannot be done legally by the federal government regarding immigration law. Well, well, well. when we we'll go to the next break. I'll look it up during the break, and coming out of the break, I'll bring it to you. Have you noticed anybody in government across the United States in our fifty states and uh, Puerto Rico? Even have you noticed anybody that is really doing good in government, governing, and the people are embracing them wholeheartedly? It seems to me I get the sense that in most governments, most state governments, there's a lot of pushback by people that don't like it. They don't like what they're seeing. They don't like what they're hearing in their government. But there's one state that stands out as really doing a good job. I mean a really good job. And the people in this state are just loving what's going on there because their businesses are good. They didn't have a governor or a state legislature that really ratcheted down tightly on them during the COVID pandemic lockdowns and stuff. In fact, this particular state, the government didn't close the schools. And boy, he was berated for that. You know I'm talking about now. We're talking about Ron DeSantis and Florida. But not only are the people of Florida very, very happy with what's going on, they're staying there. They're buying new houses, bigger houses. People are moving up. They're finding the economy is good for those instead of, really getting bad, which is happening in the housing uh, across the nation, the housing industry, not so much in Florida. David Webb weighed in on what's going on in Florida and how people are really moving in in droves, but Democrats are fleeing the Democrat Party in Florida And walking across the aisle and becoming registered Republicans...
5: Dissatisfied lifelong Democrats in Florida are rejecting their party's woke politics and turning to Governor Ron DeSantis instead.
4: And one Democrat, a consultant from the Sunshine State, explains, there's a lot of
3: denial and they act like it's only MAGA people. There are a lot of people who feel like this. Fox News contributor and Fox Nation host David Webb joins us now. What's happened down there? Democrats for DeSantis? Reality. What's happening is, no matter how much the far-left progressive Democrats, and you look at the Val Demons race and others, and Charlie Crist, who's been in every party but the winning party for, for at least for his constituents, have done is they've gone so far they've lied about reality. You go further into the story, especially in Miami-Dade, which has now turned around because of success and conservative policies. You know, you talk about a good uh, mayor in Miami, Francis Suarez, someone who has led the city from a business standpoint, they want reality, good homes, safe schools. They don't want to be told that they're Latinx. By the way, that doesn't really exist in the Latin community. Uh, and they don't want to be told how to think about any issue. They want to think for themselves in America. And they reject socialism. A lot of people, especially in Florida, have seen up close the evils of socialists and Marxist dictatorships in their home countries. You go down to Central and South America, look at who's in charge and look at the the failures. Why would they want that?
5: Yeah, I've been saying for a while, I wonder where these true blue Democrats are going to turn when they have all these woke people in their party just going so far left. But I want to get to this. It's uh, about Stacey Abrams, her failed Georgia gubernatorial candidate. She's being criticized by Democrats for incredibly bad financial planning. So, She raised all this money, this cash, over $103 million during this campaign. She wasted it on things like TikTok and then polling. But now she can't pay people back. And she lost.
3: Yeah. Who's the biggest loser, by the way? Stacey (laughs) Abrams or Beto O'Rourke? Tens of millions, actually hundreds of millions between the two of them. And they both lost a little bit to that prior conversation about the progressive and woke politics. The thing is, she's a grifter. And this is what it is. She is grifted off of her donors. And look, if Democrat donors want to give Democrats lots of money, I'm all for it. Go ahead and waste your money. She pays her friend's law firm $9.4 million. She wastes $25 million on a losing lawsuit. She really never had a chance of winning. It It was an Obama judge who actually ruled against her. And she takes the money and she's worth, remember, $109,000 when she first runs for governor. Now she's worth probably somewhere north of $4 million. And where's the dollars? Where's the money? Where's the win? Where's the outcome? And she continues the woke progressive lies. Where did the money? Go. listen <laughs> we got to squeeze one more in because you spend time in new jersey right so a new jersey school district just reinstated a mask mandate for staff and students what's happening there What's happening there, they're literally trying to kill a generation of kids, not figuratively, not literally, rather, but figuratively kill them. Think about what it means to develop in school. Think about what it means to really learn to adjust to others, social, you know, social development. What they've done in New Jersey is taken two and a half weeks to slow the spread into almost three years to literally slow down a generation of kids. They're not learning, they're not advancing, but the lesson may be in Philadelphia. In Philadelphia, black parents, 63% of black parents took their kids out of failed public schools and into black run charter schools. Those are the ISD numbers down there. Passaic County uh, parents need to look the same, look for alternatives. And that's not over mass. That's over the education. That's over education. But the mass are part of it. This is this is a combination of Randy Weingarten, uh, the Federation of Teachers, all of the unions and their Democrat policies. Your child loses if your child can't communicate Mm -hmm. visual communication. You and I look at each other and said, actually, we we look at each other. we, We talk to each other. If you take that away from a child, they don't develop into adults who can communicate properly.
5: Yeah, it's not fair to this generation of kids, that's for sure. All right, David Webb, thanks for being here on set with us this morning. We appreciate Merry it. We're my Dr. Seuss ties. <laughs> hey, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Thank Great you.
3: Stuff.
1: You know what this boils down to? You've you've heard me say this term multiple times here on the air at TNN Live. It boils down to this: symbolism over substance. Now, they were talking principally about Stacey Abrams. Of course, they were talking about Florida as well. But there's a difference between a person that what they say and what they do in their lives are the same thing. They're one and the same. But then you have people, David Webb. He was talking specifically about Stacey Abrams, but he called her a grifter. The things that she promises and the substance that she falsely represents, that is symbolism instead of her doing what she says she's going to do for the purposes she says she's doing them for. Rather than doing the same thing she talks about, she talks about, she promises one thing and then does something else symbolism over substance. Substance is simply either just doing the right thing without talking about it. You just do it. That's no symbolism at all. It's all substantive. Or talking about it and then doing the same thing that you're talking about. Isn't it interesting that in politics, We have people all over the place. We have 535 members in Congress, 435 in the House, 100 in the Senate, different people from different states, different types of districts represented by members of the House of Representatives. So you have different economics across the spectrum. You have different customs. You have different types of groups of social people but they're all represented and supposedly are pulled into one entity, the United States of America. We're supposed to be the melting pot. Well, everybody who's different is welcome. Everybody who's different has the exact same rights that our government doesn't give to us. We determined when our forefathers established the nation and wrote the Constitution, the structure of all things that belong to the people, and then they even came back later to make sure the federal government, when it was formed, would understand no matter how big or how powerful the federal government ever gets, here are the group of things that will always belong to the people, and the government can't touch them. What What are those things? Read the Ten Amendments, the first Ten Amendments of the Constitution, the Bill of Rights. Those are not things that the government wrote and told the people, here's what you can do. It's not that at all. Those were the things that our forefathers noticed the federal government that they could not touch. The federal government could not touch. Period. They belong forever to the American people. And I guess the two biggest ones are the the First Amendment, freedom of speech, and the Second Amendment, freedom to own and bear arms. Those are the most talked about. There are eight other ones that go along with those Bill of Rights, and you need to make yourself comfortable and familiar with all 10 of them because we are living in, as we're hearing and seeing every day with these Twitter file releases, nine of them as of Christmas Eve. Our government is up to their eyeballs in violating our rights under the Constitution. That should scare the bejesus out of everybody. We've always thought it was happening, we see it happening in big tech social media, And the CIA, the FBI, the DNI, the State Department, the Pentagon, all these big federal agencies are working together, collaborating against us to take away our First Amendment rights, freedom of speech, by censoring us. You can't say those kind of things on Twitter. If you do, you're going to get locked down. You even can get your account torn up permanently like former President Donald Trump, but then we have the leader of Iran. (laughs) He's got a Twitter file. He's got a Twitter feed. He, He has a Twitter account. And they cut people's heads off over there for speaking freely. You don't see a problem with that? Of course you do. We all do. But it's not what you say, it's what you do. It's not what you say you believe, it's what you show you believe. That's important, folks. That's important. And I, I, you know, when Joe Biden gets elected, he beat Donald Trump in the election. We all knew what his position on the Second Amendment is. He is an anti-gun guy. Period. Of course he wants the government to have the total control of all the guns and the the people out in the in the nation can't have guns unless the government says, "Okay, you can have this, but you can't have this kind of gun. You can only have this kind of gun and you can only own and you can only use so many bullets." I mean, that Joe Biden's explained that. But if you ever have anybody, if you're a Second Amendment person, a big backer, and somebody starts ripping you about, you know, how many, how many times in a row your gun can fire, how many bullets can you fire before you have to reload, and why can't you do this, and why can't you do that, I want you to listen to Chip Roy explain it from the Constitution to Jerry Nadler. Jerry Nadler is the leader of the House Judiciary Committee, and he's been in Congress since Jesus was alive. <laughs> Jerry Nadler and Chip Roy from Texas.
7: As a gentle lady on the other side of the aisle knows, I too live in Texas, um, raised my son, daughter to respect firearms. Uh, we shoot them frequently on our property. Uh, We shoot semi-automatic weapons on my property. I teach my children how to use them, how to use them safely. I teach them what they're used for, why we have the ability to have firearms. And uh, yes, we use it for hunting. My son shot his first deer. Would
0: the gentleman yield for your question? Briefly. Yeah, very question. What do you use semi-automatic weapons
7: for? I use semi-automatic weapons to kill hogs. I use semi-automatic weapons uh, for sport and shooting on our property. But I also have semi-automatic weapons, and I'm getting to the point. Thank you. Because a semi-automatic weapon is a weapon that you can use for self-defense. It is a semi-automatic weapon that you can use to defend yourself against home invaders, but also, let's be clear, against tyranny. The gentlelady is talking about the Second Amendment in the context of hunting, as if my rights are reduced in the Constitution to a 410 or a single-shot or lever action 22, as if that was what was expressly put forth as how we're supposed to be defending ourselves. Will yield again? And I, yeah, let me go ahead and finish my time, sir, unless we want to add more time. Very,
5: very quickly, question. Uh,
7: I need more time. Will the, gentle- will the gentleman give me another 30 seconds? Yes. I'll okay, I'll time. yield.
0: Um, you you, you you said that um, you could
7: use a semi-automatic weapon to uh, to fight tyranny. Sure. You mean you'd use it against American troops? The very exact. Take my time. The very existence of the Second Amendment is designed purposefully to empower the people to be able to resist the force of tyranny used against them to step over their natural rights given to them by God. That is why the Second Amendment exists. That is very specifically why the Second Amendment exists. and Let's be very clear about that. Let's let's rewind the clock a little bit, as I know at least several justices have written in Supreme Court opinions, but about what life looked looked like in the 19th century and what the government was doing to remove the ability of either slave owners or, importantly, freed blacks or, importantly... Whites who even stood up in defense of blacks or against slavery, and the efforts by the South and the efforts by the strong arm of government to remove their ability to have firearms. That is an absolute, undeniable, documented, historic fact in our country. As uh, written by... um, Robert Verbruggen in National Review, and I'm happy to submit this to the record without objection. uh, He writes The heart of the problem is that, in an effort to stave off rebellion and maintain the racial caste structure that had developed under slavery, state and local governments refused to respect freedmen's constitutional rights. Crucial to the South's efforts were gun control laws that applied to blacks and blacks alone. This does not show that, uh, and it goes on further, I'm going to take longer. where it goes into the South's campaign against black gun ownership, not surprisingly, began long before the Civil War. Two slave rebellions in the 1820s stoked whites' fears, and in response, many legislatures amended their laws prohibiting slaves from carrying firearms to apply the prohibition to free blacks as well. When the government, and he writes further, and I agree with this, when the government has the ability to forbid gun ownership, it has the ability to render groups it dislikes helpless, to defend themselves, regardless of whether modern gun control accomplishes its purpose of reducing crime. And for the record, there is no evidence it does. And I agree with that as well. This is so inherent to the very conversation we're having. My colleagues on the other side of the aisle just blithely dismissed due process. A former judge even saying, oh, uh, arguments about due process, you have the opportunity to be heard after you have the opportunity to be heard after your rights have been taken away. That's the key issue here. We are absolutely destroying the bedrock principle that your rights are given to you by God and that you can't just have to go to the government to ask permission to exercise those rights. And when would you would the gentleman that- yield for a question, could I ask Mr. Roy a question? Would you yield for a second? I, I, mean, I need to finish up my time. I already, think I already have a few seconds left over from the chairman. I'm happy to engage with you in colloquies l- later. I, and I would only just—I point out that, that my colleague from Maryland, again, just sort of rolled over the fact that it was very expressed in the Supreme Court's ruling that the Second Amendment protects an individual right to possess a firearm unconnected with service in a militia. My colleagues like to continually try to connect that to militia service, but we all know that what a militia looked like in 1775 and 1776. I appreciate that the uh, chairman gave me a little extra time in light of our exchange and questioning. I yield back.
1: Isn't that an interesting explanation of the Second Amendment? And the problem is our government now, when they're questioned after they've taken unilaterally, taken away— our Second Amendment in specific circumstances, and that judge says, oh, you've got a right to be heard. But what he's saying is after the government, which would be a sheriff or a judge, has taken and arrested you for exercising your Second Amendment right, and then after that happens, you're able to express your Second Amendment rights, and then let a judge rule on that. That is why our founders included the Second Amendment. It is not to be abridged. It's not to be abridged, period. And we certainly don't have to go ask the government to give us a chance to explain why we were embracing the Second Amendment, when we did whatever it is that they arrested us for. And the same concept holds true for our First Amendment rights, the right to free speech, the right to peaceably assemble. After we peaceably assemble, if the government entities don't like us doing it and they choose to arrest us and throw us in the clink, we have the right to go later and tell them why we did it and where we got the right from. They are supposed to let us alone. Don't touch anything to do with any of the rights that are included in the Constitution, period. And they keep pushing and pushing and shoving and shoving and keep trying to find ways to force us into a corner where we're the ones— that we should go ask for permission to exercise one of our Ten Amendments.
0: Real Truth. Real News. TNN. The Truth News Network.
6: Grab an ice-cold can of Celsius and stay active and energized all day. Celsius is better for you energy made with premium ingredients, zero sugar and seven essential vitamins with no high fructose corn syrup, no aspartame, no preservatives and no artificial colors or flavors. Celsius is just the essential energy you need to keep you fueled and active all day. Celsius, essential energy, live fit. Now find Celsius at Celsius.com or a retailer near you.
4: Those in the know like to stay in the realm of innovation. Join them. It's easy to keep up with the latest trends and own the latest tech with BMW Select as it offers you the option to drive a brand new BMW every three years. You also get to tailor your deal to suit your pocket and your lifestyle. Visit select.bmw.co.za for more. BMW Select. Dynamic finance for ultimate control. BMW Financial Services is an authorized FSP and registered credit provider. T's and C's apply
1: It's mycomputercareer.edu. I told you at the top of the show today that uh, our kids, we all get together. We have a big family, and everybody lives here. Um, Everybody lives here, except for our son and daughter-in-law, and they live in Fort Worth, which is just four hours away. So we're together all the time, but most of them live here in town. We got together last night. It was the moms and dads, uh, the the kids, of course, the grandkids, some of the grandkids' friends, and then our daughter-in-law's parents that came together. It's a great time, and we do that multiple occasions throughout the year. So we're a really close family, a really close group. And so we got together at our youngest daughter's house and we had a great dinner. Our son, who's a chef, he brought some of the most phenomenal Wagyu beef over. It was dry aged for, gosh, I don't even know how long. One inch thick, big steaks. And we had baked potatoes, all the, all the fittings. You just can't believe what uh, Caleb cooked and what our kids put together. And our Marianne is an amazing cook anyway. And then we had our gift exchange, and we always loved doing that. We love to give each other presents. And so after the individual presents were given out, we opened our gifts and we were all, you know, glad-handing and hugging and all those kinds of things. Our kids told us, Marianne and I, to go into the dining room Uh, They had something for us to do. So they laid one of those sheets of paper, laid it down, and it's the ones where you've got to go find words. And some of the words will run from left to right. Some will run down. Some will run diagonally. But you got to find a group of words, and after you get the words found, they all come together, and you can figure out what's going on. So we didn't have any idea. We started writing looking at those, when we find a word here that made sense, you know, when we found four or five words and all of a sudden it was like, oh my God. I told Marianne, our kids are giving us a trip to Israel. (laughs) And that's what it was. I was so blown away for a lot of reasons. First of all, that our kids would even do that. So that meant our daughter and her husband, who was like my son, he's the president, CEO of my, that was my former company. It's his now. Um, he treats me like his own dad. Those two, our oldest daughter, Kimby, our son and his wife, they all put this together. And our church every year in February takes a group, a group of people that want to go, go to Israel. And it's just never worked out for us to go You know how things keep going on. And look, I've got this show. I do it Monday through Friday, two-hour show every day. It's what I do. And you just got to work things around it. And, you know, we've taken this show on the road multiple times when we go to places. And I've told you how this this all works. Now, with the Internet, it doesn't matter where you're on the globe – Uh, I can take, I have a small radio console in front of me. I have an iMac on the console. I have a couple of really good microphones. Um, And that, I can produce the the show anywhere on earth if I've got internet. And so we've done it multiple times, but I haven't done the show from out of the country. But I'm going to for eight days in February. I'm going to do the show live every day, every morning. From Israel. And that is such an exciting feature for us to do. Now, I've been a, a lot of places in Europe. I've been a couple of places in the Middle East, but I, for some reason, I've never gone to Israel. And, you know, I'm 69 years old. I've been a Christian my whole life. That should be a place that I would have gone at least once. I've never been there. So, we were blown away by, our kids have never done anything like that for us. Not because they couldn't, but I mean, because uh, our, our kids all are doing well. When I say our kids, Caleb's our baby and Caleb is, let's see, 1980. He's 42. He's our baby. So they stretch from 42 to about 48, 47. So they're not babies, but they've never, they've never, our kids are giving and they always give to mom and dad and do things for us. But this was just something, in the way they did it, that was really cool. Never on Christmas Day have I really technically received more than I've given, because we are very generous with our families, with each other. But our kids just knocked it out of the park over the weekend. And I want to say to Kimby, to Corey and Chad, to Caleb and Gina, you guys are amazing. And we're so blessed and honored to be your parents. And uh, we don't have any daughter-in-laws or son-in-laws. They're our kids. And we're blessed beyond. We are blessed to have great family members. And even our, our daughter-in-law's parents, Ken and Jerry, they live in the area. They're from here. And when we have a big family outing, I mean, they're invited. They come. We, we're we inclusive. And I, I get it. Not everybody has a family situation like that. And I'm not bragging, but I am bragging. But I'm not bragging on anything about me. I'm bragging on my kids and how amazing they are. So I just wanted to share that blessing with you. And looking ahead, there are going to be eight days in February, the end of February, that we're going to be doing the show live, TNN Live, from Israel. Now, we have some friends over there. One of my good friends owns the only Christian television station in the whole nation of Israel. Now, he's over there a a lot of times, and uh, he's a very plugged-in political guy, He's 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 very eccentric, but if, if he's going to be there during this time one day, I'm going to have him as a guest on the show, and we'll have some other special guests, and we've got enough time now. We can even possibly get some politicians from Israel. There's always political stuff going on in Israel that's worldwide attention focused on it, so hopefully we'll be over there when tensions aren't very high and there won't be any need to activate that uh, iron dome to stop Palestinian missiles, missiles from being fired over into Israel while we're there. And I'm not joking about that, but that happens every once in a while, at least once or twice a year. But even if it does, we're going to be there and we can you can get firsthand news if it's happening while we're there. So moving on, we all knew this was going to be a huge, huge month regarding illegal immigrants. Why is that? That Title 42 Trump-era edict that was put out by the uh, CDC, basically attacking unknown physical medical conditions of illegals that coming in. That was during COVID. We never knew. We never knew what they were bringing into the nation. And so they gave us the right to turn them around and send them back to where they came from. And that's what happened during the Trump administration. And of course, Joe Biden, he just basically kicked it to the curb and said, no, we're going to let everybody in. We're going to let them all stay. So maybe, just maybe, some people were turned away under Title 42. I can't imagine, if you look at the swell of the numbers during the Biden administration, the first two years now, almost two years, one month shy. Uh, compared to what happened under Title 42 in the Trump administration, there's no comparison. So basically what the Biden folks have done is just ignored Title 42. So the expectation, it was supposed to end this last Friday. A federal judge kept it up there while it was being considered, and should it be extended, and did the Biden administration have the right to end it, yada, yada, yada that's yet to be determined. But in anticipation, you know what happened. Illegals began to flood back up to the southern border like they did at the beginning of the Biden administration. And they're there in the tens of thousands, and many of those have already come in. So to make matters worse, We have this massive $1.7 trillion omnibus bill that was passed last week, and $1.7 trillion, the Biden administration, you can book it. There is massive spending included in this bill for immigrants. So we dug in, and we have isolated the biggest ways that this massive spending bill is going to be a boon To illegal immigrants. So it passed both chambers of Congress. It includes funding for Border Patrol that can't be used for expanding border security. Think about that. Hey, we got a bunch of money here for you, Border Patrol, and we don't give a rip why you are in existence, that you're a Border Patrol agent, which is to protect our southern border and keep it secure. We're going to put a bunch of money in the Border Patrol but you can't use it to spend more money for border security while adding funds to a number of other programs that subsidize. You remember me talking about those NGOs? Biden's going to give them more money to those non-governmental groups seeking to help illegal immigrants released in the country. This funding comes amid record numbers of illegals with Customs and Border Protection encountering more than 2.3 million migrants at the U.S.-Mexico border in fiscal year 2022 alone. 2.3 million. Rather than do anything to regain control of our borders, this bill is focused, now it's law now, is focused entirely on processing illegal aliens as quickly as possible, and transporting them to already overwhelmed communities across the nation. That was from FAIR. Federation for American Immigration Reform, Dan Stein, said that in a statement over the weekend. This massive spending bill effectively turns Border Patrol into a federally funded, administered travel agency for illegal aliens and saddles, state and local governments, with the cost of things like education, healthcare, housing, other basic needs for this endless flow of illegals, the Biden administration is waving into the country. It includes one and a half billion for customs and border protections, border management efforts on the condition that the funding can't be used for border security. In other words, you can't use this for enforcing the laws. Because we don't enforce the laws in this administration. If it's an immigration law, we just put a red line through it. We don't even look at it. The money can be used, according to the omnibus bill, for technology and capabilities to improve border patrol processing. In other words, getting these illegals, getting them signed in and released as quickly as possible. Richie Torres said this, in the House, we just passed an omnibus budget boosting public investments by more than 9%. That's what Democrats call any spending bill that they do. It's not cost. We're increasing public investments by more than 9%. New investments in clean energy. K-12 education, higher education, election security, immigration, labor, mental health, public health, Puerto Rico, veterans. The bill also increases funding for FEMA, Federal Emergency Management Agency's Emergency Food and Shelter Program, which reimburses these NGOs that house and care for illegal immigrants released into the country by roughly 400% compared to the fiscal year 2022 budget. The bill also seeks $20 million to the Department of Homeland Security's case management pilot program, which is headed by an organization that advocated to abolish ICE, its church world service. The DHS program, it tasked these NGOs with providing voluntary case management and other services for illegals awaiting court proceedings. In other words, they come over here illegally. We can't process them. We can't get them through these federal immigration hearings. There are far too many for judges to even hold these hearings. They are put on years-long waiting lists. And the more that come over, the longer those lists, and the longer those waits get to, and they never show up for court. And the Biden administration knows that. If Democrats were serious about border security, they would not have included a provision in this bill to block DHS from using amounts of the funding to increase border security. Though the left wants to spin this bill in an attempt to save face with the American people, we all know this legislation is only gonna exacerbate the crisis, send our country further into debt and chaos. That came from the Executive Director of Heritage Action for America, Jessica Anderson. Now when I looked at this story, I thought, I wonder what people reading this story are thinking. So I started looking at some of the contents Old Ace Jones said the title of the article should be, here are the biggest ways Congress is stealing our money and giving it to criminals. Richard Young wrote, absolutely disgusting. Charities and NGOs should never be financed with tax dollars. Illegals need not be housed anywhere rather than immediately deported. If we had a president that cared about The country, a state of emergency, would be declared troops deployed to repel the invasion using deadly forces necessary. Illegals in the country should be given 30 days to depart, these staying rounded up, forfeiting any and all possessions, and deported. The country they are deported to would bear the cost of their deportation by withholding any to all funds marked for aid. Ted Hintoner, I'm glad I didn't vote for Bidencrats. Why don't they just destroy us with our own nukes and get it over with? Jim Rigby, Trump became the champion of white voters who felt economically or socially insecure and who, crucially, blamed their situation on ethnic minorities. Must be very scared for those white people feeling they are losing their place in society, especially now that Trump is vanquished. And then Sporter replied to Jim Rigby's post, President Trump made things better for everyone. He sincerely put all Americans first, regardless of the color of their skin. He brought citizens together instead of dividing them like the current administration and you are doing skipping dog an individual who presents themselves at the u.s border and makes a claim for asylum is not an illegal alien when they are paroled into the country your real target of opposition is our asylums laws. well skipping dog got it wrong got it wrong the only way they're legal is if they go into a port of entry only 99% of these illegals don't. They go across the Rio Grande River in that sector of coming into the country, and they only get their asylum claims filed after the fact that they came in illegally. Let's Led's, Led's Maw 99, it's never been difficult for this country. It always leans their way instead of our way as you can imagine Americans are just upset about this as they should be you remember ronnie jackson ronnie jackson was the presidential doctor for donald trump and he had been for he was for barack obama and i think for bush 43 he uh, he left that post And he ran for Congress. He's from Texas, and now he's Representative Ronnie Jackson. He is suing the Biden administration for financing Palestinian terror. And in his filing, he said this, President Biden has blood on his hand. I'm going to give you the details of that. It's really shaky. Right after this.
0: Howdy. The streamer here. You know, there's a place down yonder where three streams converge into one. It's where I saw the Mandalorian get himself into a space squabble. Watch me some UFC. Those folks from Modern Family had me cackling like a trout getting tickled. That's the Disney Bundle for you. It lets you stream Disney+, Hulu, and ESPN+, for only $13.99 a month. The Disney Bundle. It's streaming at its best. Includes Hulu ad-supported plan. Access content from each service separately. Terms apply. Visit DisneyBundle.com for details.
4: Are you sure we should be out here? It's pretty cloudy. Come on, that'll pass. Really? I don't know. Yeah, That's just, just swing. I'm holding swing. a... Go- swing! Ah! Uh. Whoa, looks like someone could have used Yahoo OneSearch on his mobile phone. Try Yahoo OneSearch and get news, sports, even weather. Get better results. Text weather and your zip code to 92466. Be a better golfer.
7: Yahoo!
4: Standard carrier text messaging rates apply.
0: Whether holding down the fort or bouncing back to school, childhood is always in session. So keep feeding us right with SunMade snacks, just like when you were a kid. Remember their naturally sweet raisins? Yup, still delicious. And so are SunMade's other snacks, like creamy yogurt-covered raisins, sour raisin snacks that taste like sour candy with no added sugar, and some SunMade's new s'mores and birthday cake bites. All delicious. All made with whole fruit. Sun-made snacks. Everyone thinks they can handle the truth. But the want and the the will will are two different things. Truthnewsnet.org. Once again, Dan Newman. So,
1: Ronnie Jackson, now representative of Ronnie Jackson, a Republican in Texas... He said, Joe Biden has blood on his hands for his financing of terrorism in order to score some cheap political points with the anti-Semites in his party. Now, that's pretty uh, edgy, if I say so myself. Uh, Ronnie Jackson included this in his recent filing of a lawsuit against the Biden administration to stop them from breaking the law. Texas Congressman Jackson began this by praising former Donald Trump for his legacy, which includes taking actions to prevent the funding of terror. President Trump's legacy includes signing the Taylor Force Act into law and preventing our tax dollars from financing terrorism. That's in the suit. The Taylor Force Act, by the way, named for an Army veteran killed by a Palestinian terrorist while visiting Israel in 2016 was championed by Republicans and signed by President Trump back in 2018. It prohibits sending USA to the Palestinian Authority, the P.E.A., used to call it P.L.A., as long as it continues to pay stipends to Palestinian terrorists in Israel in prisons there and families of the deceased. In contrast, Jackson charged... President Biden's legacy is starkly and appallingly different. Biden has violated federal law and financed terrorism to score cheap political points with the anti-Semites in the Democratic Party. Jackson, who served as the former White House doctor for President George W. Bush, Barack Obama, and Donald Trump, also accused Biden of having blood on his hands. Make no mistake, Joe Biden has blood on his hands he highlighted his legal suit against the administration's its crimes. Here's in part what it says. In partnership with America First Legal and my fellow plaintiffs, I'm suing the Biden administration to stop them from breaking the law. The law, filed by Jackson and American victims of Palestinian terror attacks, claims the Biden administration is breaking federal law by resuming USA to the Palestinian government, having awarded the Palestinian authority with roughly half a billion dollars of which funds are used to pay convicted terrorists and their families. The conservative America First Legal, they aim to fight against lawless executive actions and the radical left. They filed a suit in federal court last week against Biden and Secretary of State Antony Blinken for the violation of the Taylor Force Act. For decades, the Palestinian Authority, lavishly funded by the U.S. and other Western governments, has paid terrorists to indiscriminately murder and maim people living in or visiting Israel. Among other things, the PA's Pay to Slay program rewards terrorists and their families with cash bounties based on the number and the severity of the civilian casualties they inflict. Yet it notes under President Biden, the government has lawlessly transferred hundreds of millions of U.S. taxpayer dollars to directly benefit the Palestinian Authority. President Biden and Secretary Blinken are violating the law and financing the PA's violent extremism and virulent eliminationist anti-Semitism. Reed Rubenstein, AFL's senior counselor and director of oversight, he said that the president was ignoring the law in his mad drive to fund Palestinian terrorists. Biden has bragged about dumping a billion dollars into the corrupt and murderous PA. The Taylor Force Act, named after a West Point graduate and veteran of Iraq and Afghanistan who was murdered by a Palestinian terrorist, prohibits. Biden's giveaway. But in his mad drive to give our dollars to the Palestinians, Biden ignores a law and dishonors the memory of a brave American, he added. In April, Israel's Supreme Court ruled the Palestinian Authority can be held liable for terrorism and sued by the families of those killed in terror attacks. That's as a result of its so called pay for slave policy, granting salaries to convicted terrorists and their families. So this whole thing is about this. Biden's breaking the law. He's breaking the law. If you were here on Friday morning, I had a a conversation with Republican Congressman Mike Johnson from the 4th Congressional District in Louisiana. He is in leadership in the Republican Party in the House of Representatives. And one of the questions I pointedly asked him is what can be done about Joe Biden's consistent violation of the enforcement of federal laws, his doing so with with no impunity. He didn't give a rip. He does not care about the laws. I mean, we could sit here for the rest of the show and all day tomorrow show, all two hours, and we could list time after time, incident after incident, as Joe Biden and many of those that work for him are just merely ignoring the enforcement of federal laws, many of which aren't passed by Congress. They exist in the United States Constitution. And they just thumb their nose at them. And I mean, Ronnie Jackson in this group suing President Biden for giving this money, which he has no authority to give, that act that was passed in both houses of Congress prohibits giving the Palestinian Authority any taxpayer dollars, and yet Biden has given half a billion dollars to them? Is doing that is a violation of federal law. Ask Mike Johnson what can be done. And he pointed out the conundrum that law-abiding Americans that want and expect everybody, everybody, especially those in government, to abide by the federal laws and the laws of each state. And if they don't hold them accountable, how do you hold the president accountable for doing what he's doing? The only way to do that, the absolute only way to do that, other than vote him out of office, and that won't happen as you know, or the possibility can happen until 2024, is impeachment. And there is a really strong case to be made for the impeachment of this president on multiple grounds, but specifically for the refusal of enforcing federal laws in the United States of America. Isn't it a sad sad state of affairs that we would even have to bring this up that we need to consider and not just consider, but we need to do it. Well, how many times has this president done it? Maybe it's an accident. You do understand that every day, every day, well, let's just put it in even more specific terms. 2.3 million federal law violations that we know of committed by Department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, and subsequently at the same time by President Joe Biden, because those two in cahoots refuse to follow the federal immigration law, which says anybody that steps over the border is to be immediately removed and or fined and or jailed for doing so. 2.3 million times that we know about. How many of the gotaways are out there that we didn't know about? If you add all those together, it's millions, millions of violations of federal law by President Joe Biden that are just floating around out there. Nobody gives a rip. Apparently, if they did, don't tell me you care. Don't tell me you're for the enforcement of laws. Don't tell me you like Joe Biden because he's doing the right things, unless you're one of those sycophants that believes the right thing doesn't necessarily mean the law, the legal thing. Maybe your ideas and Joe Biden's personal ideas supersede what the law says. Well, this is the United States of America. It is not the United States of Russia or the old Soviet Union. In other words, it means you are if you're in the federal government, especially if you're in the executive branch of the federal government, you're supposed to enforce federal laws, period. No personal input. None whatsoever, unless you want to vote against laws when they come up when you go into the voting booth to express your constitutional right. But even the president of the United States has no legal authority to say no to any duly passed federal law that is signed into law after being passed by both houses of congress and then signed into law by a previous president does that mean any that joe has signed into law it's okay that we can just forget about them later on no we can change them duly in congress but we can't just ignore them yet joe biden does it day That, my folks, is a wrap on Monday's TNN Live. Thank you so much for being here. We got a big week. Make sure you're back tomorrow and you have a great day after Christmas from TNN Live.
0: I can think of younger days when living for my life was everything a man could want to do. I could never see tomorrow. I was never told about the sorrows. How can you mend the broken hearts? How can you stop the rain from falling down? stop the sun from shining, what makes the world go round? How can you mend this broken man?
7: How can a loser ever win?
0: Still feel the breeze That rustles Through the trees And misty Memories of days Gone by We
6: could Never
0: see to much